Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans Podcast. We are back again for episode number 159. I'm your host tonight, my name is Shorty, and I have just one bean on the line with me in the form of Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good, thanks buddy. How are you? Pretty good. This is becoming a habit, I think. It (laughs) feels like it's a bit of a regular thing. Shorty and Cracker show. (laughs) The two main hosts. That's it. That's all All we need, apparently. It is, yeah. <laughs> nah, it's all good. Uh, yeah, Chewy, Chewy's having a very busy time at work at the moment. I think we mentioned on the, the previous podcast that he was in the midst of opening up the new heart hospital in uh, Clayton or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I think that saga is still going on, as seems to be the case with most government projects. Things yeah. run behind and not to schedule and... There's hiccups and all that sort of stuff. So, look, I'm okay with them delaying it as long as people's hearts keep beating. So, like, you know, let's get that bit right. Yes, and then yes. we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, sorry, all you people out there with heart problems. You're just going to have to wait an extra just, couple of weeks. Just suck it up. You'll be fine. <laughs> just, you know, just practice CPR on yourself. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yep. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, that is actually going to mean, like, uh, one of the things we'll be talking about tonight is the regional championships that's coming up in Melbourne mm-hmm. this weekend. But, yeah, Chewie's going to basically miss all of it. And I think you are. You are too, unfortunately. But uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But we do have some other things to talk about tonight. But before we get into that, let's shout out our awesome sponsors. So, go for it, Cracker. Love to. Josh Batts, MTG Bazaar. You've heard us talk about them a million times, but we're not going to stop because they're best best in the game they are a facebook auction page they have hundreds of cards up for auction every night they also have the win it now lists which are just so tempting man like i find myself scrolling through these things going that's a really good price and then i'm like yeah there's a comment on it already (laughs) they're always gone so you've got to be you've got to be fast on those things because the prices are bananas good but uh, yeah nightly auctions and then premium auctions over the weekends and you know Dedicated account uh, accountant, dedicated auctioneer. Is I mean, I'm, I'm sure he does for. that too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he has a dedicated accountant as well because Pat goes through all the cards. But um, gets them out super fast and you can always get the, the tokens when you win. You tell them what you want so you can pick up some of the sweet Beans Envy tokens. But uh, when you do win an auction, let them know the Beans sent you. Very good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not big on the auctions myself because I just... I don't know. I don't have the time or whatever, and it doesn't suit me to to be there on there Sitting trying there to bid and get the bargains yeah. and snap them up and all that sort of stuff. But the the win it now stuff I really like. Yeah, they're great. And I do I, the way I've found it works really good for me is I'll pull up the post and I just scroll through until I see a card that I like the look of, mm-hmm. and then I just check to see does it ha- does it say one comment? Yep, that's <laughs> exactly what say I've one done. comment. It's like oh, I'll check the price on that, and then oh, that looks good, sweet. I'll comment on that and and snap that one up, but. Yeah, it is, it is extremely frustrating when you're like, oh, I've been looking for, you know, a fancy printing of that card or whatever. And then it's like, ah, it's already got a comment. Dang it. So did everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the way it goes. But, uh, yeah, we'll be seeing Pat this weekend, actually. He's, That'd uh, be great. He's going to be down in Melbourne. So hopefully we'll get to catch up a little bit and, uh, you know, go out for a meal and all that sort of stuff. So it should be a lot of fun. All right. So I guess the main thing, you know, we, we, we talked about this sort of, sort of before we started recording, like we looked at last the last podcast we recorded and was like oh what did we talk about then we spoke about pioneer and standard and uh mm-hmm. well that's what we're talking about again tonight pioneer and standard but sure we're is. on the we're on the other side of what we spoke about 
on the previous one, in the the, uh, the last podcast, we we're talking about how there's a pro tour coming up, and we were just a little bit early on the podcast to have the metagame breakdowns, and then yes. we got deck lists once the once the event actually started. But yeah, we didn't quite make it for the uh, the metagame breakdown, but it, it was kind of what we expected, I think. Yeah, it really was. Yeah, just yeah. a bunch of all of the top decks that we covered off. You know, just. As represented, you thought, you know, Rakdos and, and Mono Green and Lotus Field and, and a few other things. But, yeah, kind of all those top tier decks. Like we expected, there were tweaks and changes, but there was no, like, seismic shift in the format. There was a, a deck that was fairly highly represented. It was in the top 10 list of deck representations, which we briefly mentioned on the previous podcast. And you mm. said, I have to mention this one because Shorty's told me to. Correct. Which deck was that, Cracker? That was creativity. Oh, and and what was the deck that won the whole Pro Tour? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it was. Is it creativity? It turns out when you put it in the in the hands of two Hall of Famers, you get two copies in the top eight. <laughs> Who would have yes. thought that that's what happens with these things? Substantially yeah. better players than me. <laughs> uh, Reed Duke, man, took it down with creativity, and those were some. Oh man, those were some matches. Oh yeah, yeah. So, did you get to watch much of the coverage for the weekend? I caught smatterings here and there while it was live, and then I went back and watched most of the top eight. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of the whole thing. But yeah, the top eight was was really, really good. What about yourself? Yeah, I actually, I watched and listened to a fair bit. So, when I was able to, I would would have it running on my phone and be, you know, sort of watching it as I was eating breakfast and whatever else Mm -hmm. I was doing. But then, you know had things to do during the day. So, I would just, you know, put the AirPods in the ears and have the audio running and keep the phone in the pocket while I'm out mowing the lawn or whatever and, yeah, go and, uh, you know, keep keep listening to the coverage because turns out when the coverage is good and the, uh, the commentary is good, you don't actually need to see what's going on. I mean, in paper coverage, you can't really see what's going on <laughs> all the time anyway. So, it kind of doesn't really matter. Wide yeah, angle yeah. shots and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. It, it, really good play-by-play um, coverage, actually. It's amazing... If you know the cards, how easily you can build the board state in your mind. Like yeah. the whole playing chess on the ceiling thing. You can, you know, you can play magic, you know, just by, by looking at the virtual playmat. It's it's kind of creepy. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, I, yeah, I, I, caught, I got a fair bit of both days of the, the Swiss rents. Didn't watch any of the draft. Couldn't be bothered with that. And it was also super early for us. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, got a fair bit of that. And then managed to get through most of the top eight uh, as well on on the Monday, sort of mm. while I was driving, having it playing through my car stereo, <laughs> not but watching, not it. watching, just but listening. Again, people, listen, that's not, okay. Not watching, no, 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 not. Shorty didn't never crash his that. car, no. But uh, yeah, the coverage was was good, and oh man, the difference of watching a paper tournament where you can see the people and watch them, you know, hands on their heads as they think through the tough decisions uh-huh. and. How people you know lay out their cards and just just the playing and the and the interaction between the players and that sort of stuff far out that makes such a big difference. It was so good to actually watch paper coverage and yeah, the coverage yeah, was really yeah. good. Yeah, they had a, a few small improvements to the stream. They it seemed like they were uh, streaming on a bit of a delay and mm-hmm. recording the matches, kind of like what we did for the Invitational last year. Yeah. You know, have have the pl- players playing live, but record their matches, so then you could jump straight into game twos and game threes of backup matches and, and all that sort of stuff. And it just cut out the downtime so much because that was always a big issue 
Yeah, they would have like, we'll be back in 30 minutes. And it's like, what yeah. do you mean? Yeah, like, 30 there was minutes. Just what? Not, none of that. And there was no, no dead end. The longest it- I saw was like two minutes. We'll be back mm-hmm. in two minutes. And then it was, it might have been back to the whatever, the, the, the news desk. desk or whatever it's called yep. with Maria and, and whoever else. And then it would be like, yep, okay, we're going to have a chat about some stuff. And then it's like, all right, we're ready to go. And it was not, we're going down to our feature match and we're going to sit here and watch people shuffle up for 10 minutes. It's, we're getting down to the feature match and we're ready to go for game one. And it's just bang, straight into yeah. it. And then that match would end and it's like, all right, we're jumping into game two of this match and straight into it. Even sideboarding, they cut out all the sideboarding, mm-hmm. cut out all the, you know, the shuffling between matches and all that sort of thing. It was, yeah. Really good. Uh, one weird thing that they did, I don't know if you noticed this, Cracker, but they changed the orientation of the the playmats. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm, I've heard a few people comment actually, on that. I- no, let me rephrase that. I heard people talking about it, but I didn't actually <laughs> notice it when I was watching. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't realize initially. Yeah, and then after a while, I was like, "What? What is different here?" And then I realized, "Oh, hang on. Normally, the playmats are like." There's one on East, the left West. and one on the right. Yep. Yeah. And you can, you know, sort of partly see the players. And it is a little bit awkward because sometimes you are looking at their crutch <laughs> sitting <laughs> on the chair. Mm-hmm. But you get to see their hands and you get to see them, you know, as they actually lay the spells out and things like that. But the way they had it this time was rotated the other way. You had a, a, a playmat at the top, playmat at the bottom. So you were seeing one person's playmat in the correct orientation, mm-hmm. but the cropping, I guess, of the camera view meant that you missed out on their hand, and you a, a lot of players would be like playing their spells behind their land. It's you know, it's like I'm going to cast this, and you just kind of put it down on the table in front of you, and you couldn't see that on camera. So I, th- I think I think they'll learn from that. I think that's yeah something that they can certainly improve on in in the future. But overall, it was yeah really good, really good see, to watch. It's interesting because I. I understand what you're saying about, like, not seeing all the spells being cast. But in terms of legibility of the board state, I think it's probably easier to grok overall because it's a state that I'm so used to seeing. I'm not used to seeing two players with their cards at 90 degrees from me. I'm used to seeing one set of cards oriented correctly and another set of cards- Upside down. Yeah, upside down. But, like, I'm used to that. And it also means that I think with the way that- screens work if they crop it properly then you get the full width and if people are playing to like like we've with the strip with the paper streams we've done we've set it up so that we know exactly where the edges of the mat are in in relation to the frame of the camera and you can play right to that and you can actually get like the full you know 16 by 9 kind of ratio whatever it is no is that the one yes yes yeah so yeah you can like i think partly it would be player training which is hard to do but I think that, yeah, it, once they get that better, it'll actually become a f- more full and easy to view experience than the previous, you know, at 90 degrees to the players because you've got to shoot effectively vertically at that point to try and get the full depth of field, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Look, like by going sideways in the, the view you are, it is working better with the as- aspect ratio, but yeah. it did mean there was a lot of wasted space on the sides because the players are sort of used to playing like in a compact manner sure they've got this giant playmat in front of them and so you know you're seeing their life pad and their deck box and their tokens yeah, yeah, and yeah. all this sort of stuff that you wouldn't normally see normally on camera they would they're always pretty quick to make sure those things are off camera but in that setup they didn't so like you said like when for our streams 
like Chris got us made custom size play mats to be, yep. okay, the play mat is the size that we want on camera. Mm-hmm. And so we just align the camera so it works exactly with that play mat. And then we know you you can fill up this entire play mat. Anything that's on this play mat is going to be on camera. And so, yeah, it, it's just whether they get new play mats and they, go, they clearly mark out anything within this box is on camera and anything outside is not and make yeah. sure you're playing everything within that space, then... Yeah, but that's that's really easy to represent as well. Like you can, yeah, yeah, you can literally just custom print them. Like, yep, easy as, and it's not like they need a hundred. <laughs> they need no, like no, right. yeah, four or something like four. that for the yep. whole. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but look, that aside, production was amazing. Uh, yes. I know that you and I saw some of the. We were talking about, like, I wonder what the setup is like that they're running, and we were joking about the software they're using <laughs> and stuff. And yep. then someone tweeted some behind-the-scenes pictures of the actual um, production area. My goodness. It's like a full-on yes. TV studio. It is It is literally a production area. Yes, we have, correct. like, me sitting PC. at a PC. <laughs> we, have, doing we have shorty pushing buttons, <laughs> as we, we, we lovingly say. Yeah, And, and then these guys had yeah. a full production crew. And yep. It showed, man. Like, yeah, they, it, yeah, I felt that this time. Yeah. Only thing that was weird was for some reason the booth where they had the commentators was really poorly lit. I don't know idea why, but I mean, you're not seeing them on their faces listen, on camera listen, for, for much of it. But. You know, it's lighting. You know, lighting in magic is hard. Everybody knows that. Yeah. People, people are just an unknown quantity. No way. <laughs> yeah. No. But actually, out on out on the tables was quite good, and there actually yeah, wasn't was. much in the way of issues with glare. They they did quite a good of no, they, they good did job a really job. Yep. Yeah. So, like the next PT is not for three months. I'm assuming three mm-hmm. to four months. So they got plenty of time to sort those things out. But it was just yeah, really good to see because we we didn't know what we were going to get when Wizards canned all their coverage. It was like okay, well. That's it. That's the end of coverage. And then they came back and said, we're going to cover PTs and Worlds. That's it. Yeah. So, it was like, okay, well, are we going to get full coverage? Are you going to put more money into it because it's only four events? Or are you just going to go, yeah, we'll just put out whatever. We'll have shorty pushing buttons and that's good enough. But no, they they went all out. So, yeah, Yeah. really good to see. Good job, Wizards. And uh, yeah, can't wait for the next one because it was fun to watch. And yeah. We had some amazing games, as as you said, Cracker. Oh, uh, yeah, just really good magic. Yeah. So, if, if you're only going to sit down and watch a very small amount of this, just watch round one of the top eight between Rejuke and Nathan Stoyer, mm. because that was some of the best magic I have seen in such a long time from both players. Nathan Stoyer is the current world champion. Yeah. Yep. Reigning world and, champ. Right. Like, and Rejuke, like we said, this is actually his first ever PC win, but Hall of Famer- you know, multiple GP winner, multiple top eights. I think he's got like a couple of PT seconds as well. Like, dude is an absolute monster, always has been, and just played out of his mind in that matchup. It was unreal how good they were. Yeah. Well, they. the other thing they went back to is the top eight matches are best of five. Mm-hmm. So, they play the first two games pre-sideboard and then the next three are post-sideboard. So, it sort of takes out that. Uh, like variance a, a little bit where you you know you don't want that one random game to cost you where you, you had to mull to four or five or something like that so yeah it was a uh, was a very very good match to watch but yeah yeah it, it also awesome. means that you're likely to get the um play and draw for um pre-board games for both players which can mm. make a big difference as well so yeah n- not not guaranteed obviously but it's it's likely to happen that way 
So what else did we see in the top eight? So we know we've got Reed Duke on his creativity. What else have we got? We have got some Arakdos midrange from Shoda Yasuka, another name we're very used to seeing. Yep. Uh, Enigmatic Fires with Derek Davis. Uh, Nathan Stoyer, who I said, is on Lotusfield combo, as was Chris Thurber. Takumi Matasura on Monobite Humans. Benton Mazden on Selesnia Aura. And as I said, Gabe Nassif also on Creativity along with Reed Duke. So they're both the um, CFB Ultra Pro testing team and have worked together for a long time. And that was the deck, kind of the team deck that they landed on. So that's why both of those guys were there. But um, yeah, kind of a a good spread. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two, two Creativity, two Lotus Field. So mm-hmm. six different deck in the top eight is kind of what you want. And and. You know, when you and I spoke about Pioneer before, like on the previous podcast, we said Pioneer really feels like old modern, like modern mm. prior to Modern Horizons <laughs> coming and yeah. ruining the format. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, yeah, like there's like 50 decks you can play and you can find, you know, random decks like Is It Creativity and do really well with them or Enigmatic Fires, like spicy lists, but yeah, just come with those and, and do really well. So the Is It Creativity list, I did see... I saw an interview, I think, with Martin User, who was on that team as well and playing mm-hmm. that. And, and you know, they were sort of quizzing, why did your team end up playing this list? And you <laughs> basically said, you know, like, how is it Phoenix is like a really good deck? You know, you're playing all these blue and red spells and you, you know, cantripping, cantripping and doing all that sort of stuff. And then you just put, you know, like two or maybe three flying hasty three twos on the battlefield and, and you know, you might win the game from there. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, this deck's the same as that. But you just win. <laughs> you just <laughs> do what you do, and then you yeah. just put out a 30-30 trampler with haste, and you kill your opponent. So it's just like cutting out all the garbage that you were going through and hoping that you find your phoenixes, and you just win. And it's like, ah, yep. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely agree with that. The other big thing with the creativity list is post-sideboard. So mm-hmm. the list, you know, the, the list is basically the same as what, I played at the previous uh, Sydney Regional Championships in the, the side events and all that sort of stuff there. You know, we've we've spoken about the list before, but a sideboard plan is also pretty similar to what I was playing. But you, you're basically post-sideboard, you're turning into just an it control list. You're bringing in three Shark Typhoons and some Hole Breakers and, you know, a couple of extra counter spells or a couple of removal spells. And mostly you're siding out the combo or... You're citing out parts of the combo or some of it and that sort of thing. But what we saw on camera was, you, you know, you win game one by just comboing out. And then game two, it's like, all right, well, now, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to side in your hate for my combo? Or are you going to side in hate for my, you know, my controlish deck? And I'm just going to grind this game out. And then if it goes to a game three, it's like, all right, well, you saw that in game two, I sided out the combo and I went to Holebreaker Horrors. So now I'm going to, you know, I've got that option to flip it back yeah. and side back in the combo. and. I think there was actually a match between Reed Duke and Gabe Nassif. There was, a, was. a mirror match, and Gabe Nassif was expecting Reed to be staying on the hole breaker plan post sideboard, and he didn't. <laughs> he yep. went back to the combo and he just comboed him out. So, yeah, yeah. that was in the Swiss. That wasn't in yes. the, the yeah, top that eight. Was that actually, I think that was actually a winning in for top eight because uh, the other thing they did for this PT, which they didn't do previously, but they'd done for the Mythic Championships and the all those different the arena events is mm-hmm. once you hit 12 wins you are locked for top 8 you don't you no longer have to play out the remainder of your matches so i'm pretty sure it was a match where reed and 
Gab Nassif were both on 11 wins, and yep. so it was whoever wins that is straight into the top eight. Uh, yeah, I, I quite like that change that they've made because it, it means you don't have all the awkward IDs at the end and people scooping to get their friends in and all that sort of stuff. It's Yeah. Yeah, it seems like a good system for sure. Keeps the competitive integrity or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it actually makes it interesting. It makes the games. It, it, it makes them all worth something all the way up until you're queued and then you just don't have to play anymore. So it's, it's good because then every match that you still see still matters. People aren't like, I know I'm dead on breakers, that kind of stuff. Like you get away from all that for the most part. There's always some, but yeah. So yeah, the other spicy list in the top eight, the Enigmatic Fires list. What mm-hmm. is going on there? We did talk about the fires. Um, it's the they're just trying to sacrifice enchantments to fetch out creatures. It's it's a bit of a weird sort of how do you describe it? It's a toolboxy creature deck. Like if you yeah. look at the creature I mean, list, it is a, it's, it's, it's basically a one deck. Yeah. So it is an eighty card deck, and yeah, it is. It is basically like you said, it's a toolbox kind of thing. So you've got like. Agent of Treachery is like one of your big things. There's, there's a new Elish Norm, but there's like a Tulsimir and a Kenrith and Cavaliers and Titans. Like there's all sorts of weird stuff. Unsurprisingly, there's four Fables because they're playing red. So you just slam four Fables. Um, Fires of Invention, which we've seen dominate in standard for a long time. to you know, cast all your other spells cheaper and then you can do your cool Yorion trick. Um, but yeah, the, the namesake of the deck is Enigmatic enigmatic incarnation which is an enchantment that lets you sacrifice another enchantment in your instep and if you do you search a library for a creature card with mana value plus one and then you put it onto the battlefield so it's like a slow pod kind of i don't know how else to describe it it's it's strange but you sacrifice enchantments to go and find creatures so you're playing like there's 32 enchantments which is heaps and only 16 creatures so Really trying to, you know, churn things out and then just work your way up through your value chain and just kind of grind people out with it. Yeah, you're, you're turning all your small, cheap enchantments. You know, you've got enchantments all the way up the curve, ones, twos, threes, that sort of thing. You're turning them into the toolboxy creatures that you need for whatever's going on mm-hmm. in the, the current board state. Uh, the deck leans really heavily on Leyline Binding. You know, it's playing... So many triomes, a uh, whole whole bunch of different ones. So it's not hard for it to be paying one mana for leyline bindings, and then you can turn whatever you leyline binding into a seven mana. So you've got yeah your titan of industry and your agent of treachery. So you can you can turn you know you it can seems use your pretty removal. gross. Yeah, Just like I'm going to leyline binding your thing, and then in the end step, <laughs> I'm going to sacrifice my leyline binding. You yep. get your thing back, and then I agent of treachery, and that's mine forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then you're Yorion and you blink your agent of treachery. Yeah, and, and there's like glass else. pool mimics as well to copy yep. your things. So, yeah, lots of different things you can get up to. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very cool deck. Uh, I think it's it's probably one where you need to put a fair bit of time into it to yeah. really sort of know what to – I mean, you need to remember what the cards are in your deck so you know what you can go and get. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> You can't just go, oh, I'll just sack this one and then I'll go and figure out what I want to get. It's like, no, no, no. You need to have the plan before you get to your end step of, okay, I'm going to sack this two mana thing. I'm going to go and get a glass pool mimic because that's a three mana. I can put that into play and copy my agent of treachery and steal something else and, you know, know all those those little lines that you can do. So, yeah, very cool deck. Uh, I think Jay Mudd was playing something along these lines in, uh, in a few of our events over mm. the last couple of years. So, a bit of a fan of that. 
Uh, the other one that was a bit out of left field in the top eight was Benton Madsen in green, white, or Selesnia Auras. So, do you mean that a, he was out of place, or that? Uh, yeah, was? yeah, bit, bit of a story with him. What was what was the go with him? <laughs> he qualified on his phone. <laughs> he qualified through Arena and playing on his phone. Just just crushed his way through, and yeah, played on his phone and and won. Uh, yeah. Actually, there was a, there was a really good match I watched between him and Nasif. And it was was hilarious because they're like uh, talking. He, he's literally like, "Oh, hang on, I just want to." And he's talking through like, "All right, so if you do yeah, this, yeah, he was he was really vocal he, about what he was, he was doing. He was chatting like the whole time, and he was like sliding around blockers and like working out all this stuff. And it was was really interesting. And Nasif was just kind of you know stoic. He wasn't obviously saying anything because <laughs> he's he's been there a million <laughs> times before. But it was it was definitely interesting to see like the difference in approach there from a guy who's played in, you know, probably 50 pro tours as opposed to a dude who's like played very few paper events before. So well done. He, uh, he did really well, but this deck yeah. is, is sweet. We saw, um, was it Plunks played this at Sydney? Yeah. Or something similar very similar to this. Similar was, to this? Yeah. Like it's got Screlv in it now, which yeah. is obviously a new, new addition, which yeah, makes, makes a big difference. Just giving you, being able to give you a creature hex proof and sort of keep it alive or, uh, be able to get it through, you know, the the, other, the second part of the text on it is it can't be blocked by creatures of that colour this turn. So, you know, suiting up your Glade Cover Scout with, with a bunch of auras and then effectively giving it protection from whatever colour the blockers are and yeah, mm-hmm. just punch punch through for that damage. So worked really well. I got to see the, the deck on camera, yeah, quite a few times. I believe that uh, Benton went undefeated on day one. I think they were the only... Yep. 8-0 player and they had an interview with him and he was like I didn't expect to win a match <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah they're like how did you qualify it on your phone it's like yeah he was playing you know whatever the whatever the path is on arena but he was doing it on his phone and qualified and expected to just come to the PT and just lose every match and he's like I'm 8-0 and then made it into the final match of the mm-hmm. PT like, yeah he came second like yeah, what, a, yeah. what a legend pretty nuts but yeah very cool deck uh, yeah, we did mention this as a potential list when we spoke about uh, Pioneer the last time, but yeah, very cool to see. I, I don't have the meta breakdown for how well represented the list was, but it it had a very good win rate. It uh, did, yeah. The event. It was actually third overall in win rate at mm. 63.2%. Because I've yep. got the numbers. Thanks, Frank Carsten. Yes, Frank <laughs> Frank Carsten, Johnny on the spot with the uh, the numbers as always. So. Yep, Mr. Mathematics. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just goes to show, like I was saying, that, uh, you know, the the spicy lists that you can come up with in a format like Pioneer can do really well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, speaking of the win rates, yeah, there was a big surprise on the weekend. You know, we we expected, you know, we expected uh, Rakdos and Mono Green and that sort of stuff to do fairly well or be fairly well represented, but that's not what we saw on the weekend. Well, they were well represented. Yeah. They just weren't very good. What was the top performing deck? The top performing was actually Abzan Greasefang. Right. At 23 and 11 overall. So, it was 67.6% win rate, which is actually kind of nutty. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, 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 a, that's a super, super high win rate. Um, I don't know how much you count Orzov Auras, which is second because it went six and three. <laughs> So like uh, that 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 player obviously did Very pretty small badly in, in draft, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but then yeah, Selesnya Auras was next at sixty three percent. Omneth to Light at sixty one, Absent Auras at sixty. So like Auras are definitely a thing, and that's cool, man. Because we were talking about like you know 
Orzov Auras was like one of the first meta decks when Pioneer first came out. And it's sweet to see that it's now like, what, three years later, still a thing you can do. We talked about spirits and how that just didn't show up. Like it just wasn't a thing. Yep. 60% win rate. Like low, low um, representation in terms of like total matches played, but really high win rates for, for all sorts of crazy things. It's like mono black mid-range storm herald combo. Like people went deep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, some of the decks that we thought would do better than they did or in terms of representation was like, yeah, mono green devotion, 46.6% and Rakdos mid-range. 46.4. So, like, in terms of total matches played, Rakdos midrange had the most, but just- Yeah, I mean, it was the highest metagame well share, so that kind of makes anything. sense, but- it, it did okay against creativity. Yeah. But it's kind of a dog to a lot of other things. Yeah. Well, 46% is- That's not where you want to be <laughs> with your top no. two decks, but it just goes to show that people expected those decks to be the top decks, which they were, mm-hmm. and had valid plans for how to beat those decks, and so- they did. They did exactly what they wanted. And, yeah, you come with that slightly off-kilter deck that Rat- the Rakdos and Mono Green players weren't expecting you to play, and they've got a good sideboard plan against you, but you don't have a good sideboard plan against them, and you, you just get crushed. So yep. it's kind of what happens. But, yeah, Grease Fang, was- that was a big surprise to me because that had just dropped right off massively, like just completely disappeared. And I guess people just didn't respect it, you know, didn't bring any sort of graveyard hate, didn't bring the you know three three damage removal spells to shoot down the the grease fang before you get the uh, the parhelion back into play and yep. just crushed it and uh, I, I don't have the results in front of me but I did hear on another podcast this week that it did really well this past weekend as well like the the week after the the PT uh, in a few you know standard challenges and and those sorts of things so who knows grease fang maybe grease fang's back and got to start thinking about that again. I just don't think it went away. I think it's one of those decks that people just got bored of. Like, that's a, that's just one of the things that can happen, right? Is just because a deck isn't performing doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that it's not being played quite often. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the thing that I'm the most annoyed about out of this PT is, you know, I've really enjoyed playing the creativity list. Mm-hmm. It was... Uh, it was a lot it was of fun to play a in pet Sydney, deck, right? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it was a pet deck. It's like no one's playing this this uh, this deck other than me and a few other random people that show up to events for them. So I can play this and have a bit of fun. And now, not only did it do really well, it won the whole tournament. And uh-huh. so, if I'm intending on playing it, like in the five k that's on on Sunday in the, at the Melbourne Regional Championships. Everyone's going to be going. Ah, oh, you just you know you just watch the PT and you just picked up the deck that won the PT. And it's like no, no, this is my this is my deck. This is my pet deck. And they're probably all going to know how to play against it because they've seen it being played on coverage and know the sideboard plans and all that sort of stuff. It's like ah oh, man, you know I was I was so primed, and ready to cool win that five k. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember when you you showed us and it was like yeah I'm playing this and we're like. You're getting a what? A Xenagos and a World Spire? <laughs> All right, Shorty. All right, mate. Like, that's pretty funny. Like, I get, I get what you're doing here, but like, is it good? And then, you know, it, it clearly was, but yeah, it's, it's pretty hilarious that you, I've been on this deck for months, guys. You can't- you Yep, know. yep. Anyway. I'm not, I'm not just a bandwagoner. <laughs> oh, yep. But, so, uh, this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, this weekend. So, regional championships. So, this is the- 
main path to the PT, I guess. You know, we spoke about it the last time it's before we went to Sydney. the most direct path, I think, is probably the... Yeah, it's, it's probably the most accessible for people in our state, whatever, like, as in, like, point of life and, and ability to go and play tournaments and all that sort of thing, where it's, you know, we, you don't need to be playing Magic all the time. You can just show up, like I'm showing up tomorrow, and just playing in last chance qualifiers with the hope that I qualify and then get into the main event and then mm-hmm. maybe get onto the PT from there. But yeah, it's it's yeah probably the most direct path, I imagine, straight onto the PT. So going to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, we'll, I, don't, I don't know how many players are qualified for the main event. Probably won't know till Saturday. But um, yeah, quite a few Beans community members have qualified. Some of them qualified from the Sydney event last time we were there. Some have been qualifying through the... Uh, whatever they're called, um, RCQs, yeah, RCQs, Regional Championship Qualifiers that you do at your mm-hmm. stores and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, main event on Saturday. So Friday, tomorrow, they we're recording this on Thursday. Friday is Last Chance Qualifiers, so I'll be grinding those all day, so that'll be standard. Then hopefully playing in the main event on Saturday. If not, there's a modern event on, so I'll be playing that. And then Sunday is top eight of the Regional Championships, if you're in that. Otherwise, there's a Pioneer 5K. So. I will be jamming creativity most likely on uh, on Sunday, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, my intention is to hopefully be playing a fair bit of standard this weekend. So we thought we'd have another quick look at standard as well, just to sort of see where it's gone since the uh, the last time we played. But have you got any tips for people like going to the event? Obviously, you were there at Sydney. You were there every day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be there this time, unfortunately. I'm going to be there Saturday. Yeah, for the yeah day, not there but, for the whole thing. But, but I won't yep. be there for the whole thing. Um, yeah, I guess come prepared. So we had some people talking in, in the Discord asking questions about deck lists and things. Yeah, for, so for most of the events you will need, certainly for the LCQs and for the, the main event and things, you'll need to have deck lists. So if you know what it is, print them out, bring a bunch of copies, you know, be ready to have those just give to a judge. It saves you a bunch of time. Otherwise, you'll be doing what I did and sit down and open the deck box and realize you've got the wrong deck. And make sure you bring the right deck. Check before you get in your car that it's in your bag is, is the most important thing, right? Bring the right I've cards. already packed for tomorrow. I've already printed out my deck list. Right. I've already packed. I've even the, got a water, got water bottle go. and snacks and everything all in my bag ready to go. Yep. All, all that sort of stuff. Pad, pen, you know, make sure that you've got enough to- you know, maintain a proper game of magic. You don't want to be fumbling for tokens. Make sure you've got those. Dice, all, all that kind of stuff. Just it's the paraphernalia that goes along with the game that sometimes can make it more difficult. And because you're trying to focus all your efforts on doing well, don't cause yourself additional stress by asking to borrow this or have I got this or, you know, like make it easy on yourself mentally so that you can focus on the game and just know that my deck box has only got the cards I need. Don't have random extra stuff in there because if you get deck checked and you've got some other sleeved cards that are from something else, it can get awkward, you know, like just be really clean with what you're bringing and, you know, start like that. What other tips are there, Shorty? Shuffle your opponent's deck. No one's going to think anything of it. It's just the polite thing to do. Expect people to do it to you as well. Don't be offended that they don't trust your shuffling. Call a judge. Judges are your friends. I don't know. You aren't playing it competitive REL so yeah you do need to 
yeah, like you said, Cracker, maintain the board state properly and, and both mm-hmm. players need to track life correctly and, and all that. So if, if the judges need to – the judges get called and they need to backtrack stuff, they need to be able to look at your life pad and see, okay, we've gone from 18 to 17 to 15 and, and you know, sort of work out what's actually happened, all, all that sort of thing. So, yeah, make sure you've got all that and you're not that person that's going, oh, have you got a pen? Have you got a piece of paper? And all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, be prepared. If, if it's been a while since you've played a paper tournament, I would be – like getting your the the deck tonight and making sure it's all sleeved properly, your sleeves all look good, and then just spend some time shuffling because mm-hmm. if you haven't shuffled a deck for a while, it's uh it can be quite <laughs> an experience <laughs> that might yeah, end up with uh, with your cards all over the place. Yeah, yep. But uh, it just little things like. If you're used to playing, you know, on arena and that sort of stuff, yeah, you know, things can be pretty snappy. You know, when you search your library, it's pretty snappy. You know, when you're looking at cards, whatever, like it does everything for you. And and you need to remember that you've got to do all your triggers and you've got to make sure you're you're following all those things properly. But don't spend, you know, ten minutes. You know, you you search your library for a card and then you spend ten minutes reshuffling your deck and then giving it to your opponent. And then your opponent spends five minutes shuffling it, all that sort of thing. You're just wasting a bunch of time. So yeah, just you know. Be prepared to, yeah, 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 efficient. That's exactly, you know, give your deck a quick shuffle, give it to your opponent and go here, cut my deck or shuffle it or whatever and just continue moving on with the the game because the clock is a real thing and you will run out of time and it is not the same as Arena where both players have the same equal amount of time. So if you're taking up all the time, you know, you may get your opponent going, can you hurry up or calling a judge on you saying, hey, my opponent's playing really slow and, and vice versa. If you're playing against someone who is taking a lot of time to make every little decision you may want to call a judge and say hey look my opponent's playing quite slow can you you know just sort of watch them because running out of time is not good for anybody you you will end up with a draw yeah and draws are the actual worst thing that you can have in a tournament yes yes just, uh, especially just, in the well you can't really well, have you, a draw in no, the lcqs you, you can't in the lcq work. no, no correct yes so yeah the lcqs just if, if you've never played them before they are four rounds and it's single elimination. So you sign up, they put them, put you in pods of eight, and it was was it sixteen? Might have been sixteen actually. Yeah, sixteen for four rounds. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and it's just single elimination. So you win your first round, you're going to get. I think you've got to win two rounds before you start getting prize tickets. But win your first round, and you and you keep going through, and then as soon as you get knocked out, you can just go and sign up for the next one if if you're so inclined. Yeah, and then if you if you win, if you go four zero, you get the qualification for the next day. Piece of advice: the LCQs are like. 25 bucks each i think but you can mm-hmm. pay a 100 dollars all day pass which means you can enter as many lcqs as you want so i played in five the last time in sydney so i you know got my extra one for free you also get a play mat you get promos all that sort of thing but yeah if, if you're intending on grinding for the day then that's the most value for money and also if you qualify and you've paid for the 100 dollars all day pass covers your entry fee for the regional championships, which is about $100 itself. I think it's like 95 bucks or something like that. So, yeah, if, if you're intending on grinding, that's your best best path and, and your best option and, and give that a crack. Yeah. The, the only other thing I'd say is um, just communication. Be really clear with your opponent. I know we kind of touched on that, but you, you kind of can't over-announce what's going on just to make sure that everything is, is well known by both opponents to prevent people trying to angle shoot or anything like that and just be misunderstood you just want to be super clear with everything you're doing announce every trigger like it it might feel like it's overkill because you're used to arena but it's actually just really crucial to play the game properly 
yeah, if you go and watch, like, read, read Duke does an amazing, amazing job master. of it. Yeah, yeah, go back and watch some of his coverage from the PT and you'll just hear him saying, you know, play a land, I'm going to cast this, and then I'm going to, you know, trigger this, and I'm going to do this, and, and just announces every little thing. And, and announces, like, moving to combat and stuff like that, like yeah. literally just passing through the phases because people will, you know. And make sure you know the phase. <laughs> if you don't know the phases, it's probably a bit late now. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, there's, there's some stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure a deep dive right now into the okay. intricate phases of the So, the combat phase has seven different steps in it. And when yep. we're playing Najila, C-E-D-H, we use- <laughs> anyway, okay, We don't okay. do too much. Yeah, yeah, so, right. we could talk about what decks we're seeing in standard, though. Yeah, yeah. So, we did touch on it on the previous podcast. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen much- Change since then, but yeah, we can have a bit of a look at the the list. So it's as we said the previous time, a whole bunch of mid range. Yeah, <laughs> is, is, is uh, what we're seeing in standard. Have you been playing any standard, Greg? I know you haven't played any league matches. Listen, I've uh, I've played a little bit actually. I have. I've been uh, messing around with that. Uh, is it sort of tokens list that Chewy that we we sort of all brewed up together, and it's been a lot of fun, man. Like. Triple Iconoclast draws are, are pretty nutty. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the deck has got some, some real play to it. So, I've, I have been jamming, not a lot, but I've been playing a bit and just starting to pay more attention to what's going on because the format seems like it's kind of shaping up to be I- interesting. Definitely a lot of mid-range, but there's, there's still outliers. Like, I've, I've, there's some challenge lists I was just looking through and, like, there's a full-on mono red list. There's a full-on mono blue tempo list. Like, it's not all just, you know, Grixis mid-range or, or whatever. They're not all kind of shield decks anymore. And they're not all like mono white mid-range either. So, a lot of different stuff kind of floating around to prey on this. And and this is something we've, we've talked about a million times, is that once your metagame gets set and you know kind of what the, the median is, then you start looking to the extremes. You start going, what's the smallest thing I can do? How do I get under these decks? I've got Swift Spear. I've got like, you know, all the, the Simeon thing. Like there's all these like what hasty, the Phoenix chicks, like what can I do there? Or like, how do I go bigger? What's the control shell look like? And I think we're going to start seeing that more and more now, which is really cool because it, it's that kind of rock, paper, scissors format that, that you really want to see in standard. Yeah, exactly. You've got a target and so you can- find the ways to exploit whatever they're it's trying to do. and Correct. Yeah, it generally, when we're in a mid-range format like this, sometimes we've seen in the past mid-range formats and it's just, there is just nothing better to be doing than this mid-range deck. You know, Teamer Energy is a, a, a very good example of it. Yeah. The Mardu vehicles that we saw, you know, a few yep. years before that. It's like, the, yes, All you the can f- do other the- things, but it's just, you just shouldn't be doing those other things. These are just the best decks. Yeah, like Simic Food or the, the Crasis decks and things like that, which were just like, you, there was no bigger deck. Like, you couldn't no. go over the top of what those things were doing. Or, you know, there was the, um, what was the enchantment that untapped all your lands? Yeah. Reclamation. Uh, yep, Wilderness Reclamation. Yeah, Wilderness yep. Reclamation plus Expansion Explosion. Like, those things were kind of broken. <laughs> for, I mean, they, they got banned. So, clearly, they were broken. But, yeah, we're, we're certainly not in that at the moment. And when it becomes a soup like this- then as we get more tools, we can we can explore more options, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. So I think like if you ask most people what the top deck is at the moment, most people would say Grixis Midrange. It is generally the most represented list at most of the, you know, challenges and things that are getting played at the moment. And it mm-hmm. it is just a very strong deck. I was I stopped into Games Portal 
earlier this week, I think, or last week, I don't know, whenever that was, and, and saw uh, Ethan map there, mm-hmm. and uh, he was, you know, we were talking about, oh, what are you going to play on the weekend? And he hadn't decided, but we, you know, spoke about Grixis Midrange, and it was like, it's, it's just not going to be a bad option. It was kind of like the, you know, the red-black from Pioneer that sort of thing. It's, it is just a really good deck. All its cards just have so much text on them yeah. and have so much value built into them that you just kind of... You can't go wrong. You've got removal. You've got access to counter spells. You've got access to various forms of card advantage. You've got shield druids and invoke despairs and all that sort of stuff. So it is. It is just a very good deck. I've seen and heard people are kind of moving the Grixis deck into two different directions. So there's there's this traditional invoke despair shield druid lists, and I've heard and seen of people splashing into the Gixes whatever the saga is that reanimates something cruelty and Gix. yes that's the one and just throwing in attraxes yep just because and and we well, can discard them to fable man exactly yeah and you've got blood tokens all that sort of stuff you've you've got ways to discard it and the theory there is you know you've got your grixis mid-range deck as your target well generally in a mid-range war you just want to be the bigger mid-range deck we've spoken about this in the past when we spoke about archetypes and all that sort of thing you want to be the bigger mid-range deck and go over the top of what they're doing. And so that's what people are starting to do with with that. You know, it's like, okay, well, if you're playing Grixis, well, I'm playing Grixis with a Traxxer and I'm going over the top of what you're doing. So that, uh, you know, you've got the same with Mono White. We've got Mono White aggressive stuff with mm-hmm. small aggressive white creatures, that sort of thing. But then that's moved more into Mono White mid-range with Wandering Emperors and Eternal Wanderers and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and they're going bigger and bigger. And so that then opens the door for Mono Red. We've seen a resurgence of Mono Red in the last couple of weeks. It's starting to you know win yeah. events and do really well because mm-hmm. the mid-range lists are just going so big that they can now actually get in underneath them. And that's really cool. That's, and, and then you've got over-the-top control and then you've got funky decks like what I'm playing that are just way over the top. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just just going, yeah, way, way over the top of everything that anyone's trying to do. Just, this, this is the biggest thing you can do, so... Yeah, so, standard actually looks really cool. Yeah, I'm I'm actually really kind of interested in in jamming a bunch. So league matches will be happening. I will be jamming. A bunch. It, it'll probably all happen. I said last week that it'll be next week, but next week it'll actually be next week. I will because I'm running out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I got to get these games in, but I'm I'm excited. I've got a deck that I want to play. So I think that's like the biggest thing for me is finding something that actually grabs my attention. And I think it's the same for you, right? Like you've got yeah, a yeah, definitely. It, I need to find something that is competitive enough that I feel like I can, you know, win matches. Because, like, winning is not my primary driving factor. I like to have fun. I like to have good, interesting games. And and when there's a deck that speaks to me like that. But, like, mid-range soup tends to miss for me. And, and I think you're the same. But, yeah, um, yeah. What's, what is this I go over everything <laughs> that you guys can do? Get wrecked to Traxxer. Talk yeah. to me about what you're playing, Shorty. What yep. have we got sleeved up for tomorrow? I have Jeskai Mind Splice Apparatus with Alchemist's Gambit taking all the turns with Galvanic Iterations. <laughs> okay. So, for the kind <laughs> folks at home who have no idea what a Mind Slice's Gambit is, please <laughs> regale us with the text of that card. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll give you the backstory first. So, as you said, we've been brewing, uh, you know, the beans brewed a little bit of some is it stuff, you know, with 
the third path iconoclast and, and that sort of thing and, and try to find some sort of is it list that we were yeah, happy Mercurial with. Yeah, and, and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I tried a few a few different things in there and, and I just couldn't get it to work. Chewy had some reasonable success with his version. I think you've you've done okay with your version. Then I had I saw in our Discord Jedi's Walker actually posted. You know, I posted up my list of what I've been playing. Jedi's Walker posted a list that he'd been playing that was similar to what I was doing, but also had Galvanic Iteration and Alchemist Gambit, and was just you know taking a few extra turns. And I started sort of looking in that line and brewing a little bit, and found a few other people's lists and that sort of thing, and ended up brewing up an Is It Mind Splice Apparatus Take Extra Turns deck. Mind Splice Apparatus is a four mana artifact that has flash and at the beginning of your upkeep you put an oil counter on it uh, and then your instants and sorceries cost one less for each oil counter so the plan is you play it at the end of your opponent's turn when you've got four lands untap put an oil counter on it straight away you're getting a discount on your spells and then every turn that is ticking up and your spells are getting cheaper and cheaper so you you just want to be casting the biggest spells that you can preferably x spells because it just scales with your, your mind splices, and they stack. You, you know, if you've got two mind splice apparatus and they've both got two counters, well, that's four mana off of your spells that you're getting. So ran a, an is-it list of that for, for a while and, and was doing pretty well and then started to come across some Jeskai versions. And uh, Ali Eldrazi, well-known streamer, had been playing mm-hmm. a Jeskai version, had a look at bit of a look at his list and then sort of incorporated that into mine. And that really turned the corner on the list. So... Yeah, what what you're trying to do? You, you know, yeah, you're playing is mostly is it stuff with a, a couple of white cards splashed in there, but you're controlling the board a little bit. You've got four syncopates, you've got uh, burn down the houses, you've got brotherhoods ends, that sort of thing to keep the board clear and and sort of get rid of those early aggressive creatures. And then yeah, you're wanting to cast a mind splice apparatus ideally on turn four, and then just just kind of go from there. So you're you know, you're running big score. Once you get enough counters on your mind splice apparatus, your big score only costs you one mana. And it's one mana, <laughs> make two treasures, draw two cards. Like, just amazing. Seems good. Yeah, you're playing Union of the Third Path, which is one of the white cards. It's two and a white. Draw a ca- instant, draw a card. You gain life equal to the number of cards in your hand. So, you you know, you can often be just casting that for a single white and you're drawing a card and then gaining seven life. Like, just keeps you alive. Silver Scrutiny is nuts in this deck. Blue, blue, and X, draw X cards. Uh, if X is three or less, you can uh, cast it with Flash. But so many times I've drawn like 15 cards off of a Silver Scrutiny and just paid like two or three mana sort of thing for it. So you do that, guarantee you one of the cards you draw off of that is going to be a Union of the Third Path. You just gain 15 life, draw another card. Like it's just crazy. Yeah, you've got Galvanic Iterations to copy your spells and Alchemist Gambit, which is the extra turn spell that we've got in standard at the moment. It's one red red, take an extra turn, but it's got the cleave thing. So the standard text is you take an extra turn, but then you lose the game at the beginning of that next of that turn's end step. But if you cleave it, which costs four blue, blue, red, you take out the text of losing the game. So it's just take an extra turn. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when you've got your Mind Splice apparatus, you're basically just pl- paying blue, blue, red to take an extra turn, copy it with Galvanic Iteration that you're flashing back as well, that sort of thing. You can very easily chain up four or five turns. And the way that the way that we were winning previously was with really just tokens off of Burn Down the House, like Burn Down the House Devils, or we were playing like the Mirex, which can pump out some tokens, that sort of thing. It was really slow. And the white has given us access to White Sun's Twilight, which is X white white for sorcery. You gain X life, and then you create X one one mites with toxic. 
that can't block. But if X is five or more, you destroy all other creatures. So it's not hard to be casting this for five very easily and wipe the board and I've got five poison dudes. And then you just you just win with poison. <laughs> it's 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 a like Paulson is super proud. You're winning with poison all the time. <laughs> you are actually <laughs> infecting dudes. You're infecting people, yeah. But so many times it's just like <clears throat> I'm gonna queue up a bunch of extra turns. I'm going to untap, I'm going to wipe the board, I'm going to make 10 mites, I'm going to take my next turn and just kill you. And it's fun. It is so much fun. And, it, it yeah, it's totally got me into standard. So uh, that's what I'm playing. I'm going over the top of everyone. I'm probably just going to lose every match. but No, I don't think so. It's really fun to play. It's, yeah. I've, I've seen it. I watched um, one of Ali's videos and, yeah, it's it's powerful, man. Like you can it do some, some really nutty things. And like you said, like you just get to play their kind of, it's a combo control deck, right? Yep. Like you're not- Which is exactly what I not, like playing. I, I know. We're not playing <laughs> twin here, but it's it's like the one, it's a it's a two card combo, right? You just control the board with counter spells, removal spells, draw a bunch of stuff, act at instant speed, and then, yeah, just turn the corner, win. And like a sweeper plus a finisher is such a, a gross thing to do. It's like decree, is it decree of justice? No, that was the one that cycled. I always forget what the other one is. Yeah, that's the other one that I played in the cube last time we played. Yeah, yeah. Same, it, basically it makes the same thing. Exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, these things yeah, just that was, that was end the, big the thing. game quick, man. Yep. Going into and white and getting that white sun's twilight that that makes all the difference. It's yeah, it's it's your it's your life gain to keep you in the game. It's your board wipe to control the board, and it's your win con by giving you creatures to win the game with. So it's, yeah. it's all just in one card. It's fantastic. Yeah, when we jumped on before the cast, you're like, hang on, I'm just playing a best of one. Okay, so I've got five mites and I've got two take extra turn cards in my hand and they've got one blocker. All right, I win. <laughs> you just like, <laughs> it took you two minutes and you just won the game. You're just like, all right, yeah, yeah. attack you, you block you, one, you block take one, a turn, yep. attack you again, you block one, <laughs> attack you again, and then it's like, all right, yeah, it's all over. Yeah, 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 good fun. So that's what I'm playing. Uh, Chewy's been playing the same deck, so he I converted him across and he's been playing the same deck and I think he's like over 60% win rate with mm-hmm. with his. Uh, I play most of my games on my phone, so I don't actually know what my win rate is. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, as we said earlier, Chewy's not going to get to play on the weekend. If you were playing standard on Friday, Krakow, yeah, what would you be doing? I think that the list you've got is is really cool. It's really sweet. So, uh, But I'd probably... There's actually... Uh, there's, there's some Delver lists, man, that are... are kick- well, they're not actually Delver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're mono blue. You just can't resist. I can't. I can't. I can't get away from it. Either that, or like, yeah, there is a thing that we've been playing. It's been a lot of fun as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can have some really nutty kind of combo off turns where you just cantrip a bunch and play a bunch of removal spells, and yeah, just make a bunch of little dudes and and get there. But yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had. But I, I will do something like that. Just things with islands and counter magic because. Doesn't matter how big a tracker is, if it never resolves, who cares? Yeah, yep, yeah. I've had, I've had plenty of games it's where just- my opponents reanimated and attracts are three times. Like, yep, you've drawn a, co- a whole bunch of cards off of that, but I'm also drawing like fifteen cards for two mana, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm fine with what's going on here. Yep, uh, yeah, it's good. Uh, so I think Chris is playing. Well, I know I know Chris is playing. I think he's playing Gruel. Yes, you've been, you've been working with him on a Gruel list. Yeah, we were. We were, pl- we were both jumping on the other night in Arena, and he messaged me in Arena for like the first time ever. He's like, you testing? I'm like, yep. So, we uh, we played a few games against each other, and then, yeah, we we kind of- He had a deck that he was working on. It was it was really interesting. 
um, just kind of Chris loves to ramp. Like green ramp is his thing as much as like blue counter spells is my thing. That's like just what he loves to do. And just going big up to Taranax Rex and like <laughs> people just are not expecting that thing to come down. And it's a eight eight warded trampoline <laughs> infecting behemoth yep. um that and titan of industry so a lot of a lot of really good stuff and i know he'd made some tweaks since i saw that list he put some thrones in it and that had bumped his win rate up and stuff so yeah definitely got some game there and again just coming at the format from a, a slightly unexpected kind of um angle yeah absolutely so yeah chris and i will both be there for, for anyone who's going to be at the event, Chris and I will both be there on Friday. We'll be there all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, you'll be there Saturday. Mm-hmm. I think Chewy's hoping to be there Sunday. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to see Stu at all on the weekend. I don't don't think so at the moment. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. There'll be a few beans floating around and yeah, there's a bunch of people from our community. Uh, we, we were hoping to do some cubes and stuff after the days were done but i don't know how much i don't know how likely that is to happen because we don't have a centrally located house near the venue it makes it hard and any stores that we we were looking at going to stores and playing in stores afterwards they're all closing early because all the players are not not (laughs) gonna be there or they're all you know running stalls at the events and things like that so uh yeah that kind of makes it a bit hard so we do have an option but we'll see how we go but We'll definitely be, you know, Chris and I will be heading out for dinner somewhere on a Friday night and Saturday night we're going to hit up a nice place in the city and, um, yeah, have a bit of a good dinner for my 40th birthday celebration. So if you are kicking around, I'm 40 next Thursday, yeah, next Thursday. If you are kicking around at the event, yeah, it would be sweet to have you come and have some dinner. But we will need to book a table, so make sure you let us know if you're going to come. I did put a an event channel up with some things you can register for just to gauge a bit of interest, but I don't know how many people look at that. Probably not pretty much just me. So, but, um, uh, yeah. I, I did. I registered my interest. Cool. I am, yep. I am coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> good. But, good. Um, yeah, otherwise, yeah, D- Discord is the place to be as far as keeping track. People will put updates in there. If you don't know, you can mute channels in Discord because um, <laughs> sometimes the notifications can get a little carried away. So if you're at work like me tomorrow, I expect there'll be a lot of updates and things like that because I, I do want to see what's happening. But yeah, you can mute channels so that they don't spam you all the time. So, But otherwise, yep. yeah, m- make sure you are posting what you're up to and what's going on because we do care. We do want to know how people do yeah, and we do want to meet you. Don't <laughs> don't, mm. don't feel nervous, which is just a weird thing to say. Yeah, we would no. be nervous to come and talk to us, but uh, yeah, don't feel nervous. Come up and say hello. Introduce you're, yourself. Yeah, you're already our mates. If you listen to the cast, we're already fans of yours as well. So come say good day, yep. and there's nothing weird. Just talk magic or whatever. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Quick update on the league on the way out the door. So, what have we got? Two weeks left. Mm-hmm. Two and a half weeks left, I think, in the, in the league. We're about halfway through. Insanity's been playing a ridiculous amount of matches. 27 matches he's managed to rack up already, which is nuts. But, yeah, uh, he's a monster. No surprise. Insanity and Penche sitting on the top of the ladder with 17 wins each. That's uh, it's very impressive. So, I am not doing so well. I'm down in 24th place with a mm-hmm. one and five record. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's not so good. 
but uh, I'm doing better than you are, Cracker, because you have yet to play a match. That's that's true. That's true. Yep. But um, we'll, we'll see if I can do something about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you do want to get in on the league, you can still join. We actually had Lab Monkey jump back into the league this week. Yeah. You know, just posting the Discord yesterday, hey, can I jump in the league? And the benefit of the system that we're running now is, yep, we can just add you in and that's it. Away you go. You can start playing your matches. So if you think you've missed the boat, you haven't. And if you're hearing this for the first time, you can still get in. Just come and join us in the Discord and uh, get in on the league. So going to be a lot of fun. But, yes, Cracker, you do need to start playing some matches, as does I, Chewy. I, I will. I will. I promise. you. Yeah, and Stu. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do us for this week, Cracker. So we will be back in another fortnight, hopefully talking about how You're either for the myself PT. or Chris have crushed it and, yeah, we're queued for the PT or Worlds, even better. That'd be, that'd be fantastic. But we'll see. No promises <laughs> based on track record. It's unlikely to happen. But, uh, yeah, either way, we will talk about it when we come back the next time. So... Usual wrap-up on the way out. If you do want to get in on any of those events, the uh, the leagues or just, you know, being part of our community or just knowing what we're up to for this weekend, you need to be in our Discord. There's a link for that, as always, in the show notes. There's also a link for our merch store. If you do want to grab some sweet Magic Beans gear, which I'll be rocking this weekend, you can go there. And the very small amount of money that we get off of the merch just goes straight back into the prize pool for the events that we run. So go and uh, check that out. Speaking of the prize pool, most of it, the vast majority of that comes from Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. So go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au, bid on some stuff, win some stuff, and tell Pat that the beans sent you so that he continues supporting us so that we can give stuff to you. And there's a link on on there for the website, but you can just go to magicbeanscast.com and you'll find all of our... YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, all the all the links and all that sort of stuff for all those things. If you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Peace Inc. And you are, Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that's it for this week. Thank you, as always, for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. 